Read that once again. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You heard it said, winners never quit and quitters never win. Maybe you've also heard it said in like a leadership conference setting that quitting is not an option. Well, those are good sayings, but they're really not true, are they? There's people that quit and then they come back and they win. There's people that fall down flat if you've ever seen boxing, there's people that kind of just do this, and but then they just get back into it, and they win. And furthermore, quitting is not an option. Are you kidding? Of course it's an option. People choose to quit all the time. So what I would like to preach on, though, on the opposite side of that, if quitting is an option, and we all know that it is, well, and that's what Paul is guarding us against, unquitting is also an option. And so I like to preach, that's not really a word, but I like to preach on the thought of a message, unquitting is an option. And when Paul wrote this to the church in Galatia, he knew that many people were facing things in their lives. And so what he said was, he said, hey, you're going through something. He said, it's all right, keep on going. Choose to unquit. Because there's a reward at the end. You know, a lot of times, like this guy said, you know, I got a job at a knife factory and I quit. He said, why? I just couldn't cut it. <laughs> really? He said, I just couldn't handle it. I wasn't sharp enough. They said I didn't have the edge. But you know that there's all kinds of things that we face in our lives that would cause us to feel that weariness. That, that kind of maybe drop your hands. You ever seen someone get discouraged and they kind of just kind of throw their hands down? My daughter, she overdoes it. I love kids. I love kids. And they, they're melodramatic. But uh, it's one thing to see a seven-year-old do it. It's one thing, another thing to see a 40-year-old do it, right? But they, they kind of slump their shoulders forward and they overdo it like they're working for Dr. Frankenstein, like they're Igor. And, and they just kind of, you know, go around like reverse evolution or something like that. But, you know, that that's because they feel weary. They feel like that situation is greater than they can handle. So what I'd like to look at, though, is three things that you can do to unquit. If those feelings, say, so well, preacher, have you ever had thoughts of quitting? Man, who didn't? How about Elijah? Elijah ran away from that wicked queen and said, God, take my life. I'm the only one serving you. And God said, look, I got 7,000. You need to unquit. What about doubting Thomas? He said, I'm not going to believe. Unless I put my hand and my fingers into the prints of his hand and into his side. Well, Jesus appeared to him. He said, you need to unquit. Be not faithless, but believing. Jeremiah thought to quit. And what did God say? He said, hey, if your relatives have made you kind of unsteady, what's going to happen when the, the real trial comes? He said, if you've run with footmen and they've wearied you... How are you going to contend with horsemen? He said, Jeremiah, you need to unquit. What about John the Baptist? John the Baptist was in prison. And he got a little discouraged. And he, he sent some disciples to Jesus. You know what? He told them, he said, just make sure that that's really Jesus. Because I'm a little discouraged right here. I'm in jail. 
are you really Jesus or should we look for somebody else? And you know that a lot of people have faced great men of God, even the writer of the Gospel of Mark, for a little while, he just kind of walked and kind of went back and did his own thing. So a preacher, did God throw him out? No, he unquit and wrote the Gospel of Mark. You see that God knows that we need can rebound from that thinking. And so Paul said, now the first thing we need to do is we need to unquit by redoubling. So what's redoubling? It's to, not, not many people use that word, but it's to greatly increase the size or amount of something. Have you ever heard to redouble your efforts? The Bible says that we're not weary in well-doing. The Bible says it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13. He repeats it. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. You know, the first thing we need to do is just put your reps in. To redouble, it said if the devil, I remember, I think it was something like this, had spoken to a preacher and he said, you're never going to build a holiness church. And he's like, okay, I'll build two of them. <laughs> something like that. Oh, I'll build ten of them. I'll build a Bible school. You know that when the devil comes in and has this certain thought pattern and weariness that the, that the, the apostle speaking about is not physical weariness but it's like a fainting of the heart it's when we get discouraged and the thing that we need to do is keep doing well to redouble our efforts you say a preacher but it's hot in the kitchen have you ever heard that if you can't stand the heat get out of the kitchen but you know what's happening in the kitchen good things are happening in the kitchen i know good things are happening in chris's kitchen how do you know step up to the front door of his house and something's happened in the kitchen yesterday, and I can still smell the goodness from it, okay? Now, when the heat gets turned on, you know what happens? Now, I've, I've seen cold ingredients for chocolate chip cookies, okay? Before it's all mixed together, you got the slab of butter and the salt and the sugar and the flour. And thank God for the chocolate chips, and then maybe you put the... If you adulterate them, put the nuts in there. But you've got like a big slab of margarine in there. Who wants to eat that? That's disgusting. You wouldn't grab the stick of margarine and go, oh, praise God. Like a hot dog, right? No, you need to add heat to those ingredients. When you add heat to those ingredients, you know what happens? The ingredients begin to combine. The flavors begin to uh, assimilate together, and it's a wondrous thing. Don't you believe that God knows what he's doing when he turns up the heat in our life? He's making a diamond. He's not uh, working to throw us out. He's putting us under that pressure to make us more precious to him. So he said, just stay in the kitchen. God's cooking up something good. Keep well doing. You know, the Bible says if you commit your works unto the Lord, you keep doing those, well, those things right, the good things, right? Keep reading your Bible. So a preacher with the devil's line, well, keep praying. Commit your works unto the Lord, Proverbs says. And thy thoughts shall be established. So if you're growing weary in your mind, the first thing you need to do is just redouble those efforts. To unquit and say, you know what? Things are crazy, I'm going to read two chapters instead of one. Things are crazy, I'm going to make it to Bible study. You know what? One of the things that you can really do to make the devil mad is talk to someone about God. Burst that bubble and begin to realize that there's a fight on not only our hands, but other people's hands. And the devil would love us to be discouraged so that we won't say a thing about Jesus. Redouble. Man wrote, he said, we got to get going. One step is good. 
but it won't take us very far. We gotta keep walking. One word is good, but it's not gonna explain a whole lot, is it? We need to keep talking. You know, being a foot tall is a good start, right? But we gotta keep growing. Going to church one time is okay, but we can't hear everything, learn everything, experience everything. I remember a preacher said a church conference is like a puzzle. And every service is like a piece of the puzzle. Every service, you begin to put things together. And I believe it's like that with God. Every time you read your Bible, every time you pray, every time you go to church, everything you face, it's like a piece of the puzzle. And you stand back and you're like, that's what God's doing. But you keep well doing. Redouble. You'd be surprised what you do when you just focus on, I'm just going to read my Bible. I love church conference. We go to Missouri, and the, the cell phone coverage is pretty bad. You know what you do? Spend less time on the phone. <laughs> well, you know what you do? Spend more time talking to people. You spend more time praying. Spend more time reading that book that's like no other book. Spend more time offline so I can spend more time well-doing. We need to redouble to unquit. He said, be not weary in well-doing. Keep going. And then he said... Be not weary in well-doing. The first thing to do is not to not be weary. It's to just keep going. Keep doing the things you know you need to do. And the second things is to be not weary is to unquit by rejoicing. You see, weariness is really not so much physical. Have you ever been in school and you know, you're like so tired and you're like looking at the clock and it's going backwards and you're like, I can't make it. And then you hear, ding, and you like, everyone just wakes up, right? Because you weren't really tired physically, you were tired mentally. And then as soon as you were free, man, that the he whom the, son, the school bell makes free is free indeed, something like that. And you're just like, woo! Or maybe like, have you ever seen the Flintstones? It's a cartoon that was taken from the Honeymooners. And uh, an old TV show, Jackie Gleason, I think. And uh, so when Fred Flintstone, it's the dinosaur, or the bird goes, Reep! and it's the end of the construction day. And he, he like slides down the back of his brontosaurus and he's like, yabba dabba do. And why? Because there's a rejoicing that I'm out of work. Well, brethren, we don't have to wait for the work to end to change our attitude. God can change what we're going through if we can have an attitude of rejoicing. Paul said, from prison, he said, from prison. In Philippians chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Really? That won't do anything in your prison. Didn't it do it when Paul and Silas were in prison? There, it was midnight. They were beaten. And the Bible said they prayed and did what? They sang praises unto God. They were living what he was preaching. And the Bible said that there was a shaking. God sent a great earthquake. And you see the attitude was different. He say, I'm going to still be in tune with God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, it's going to keep my heart. And it's going to keep my mind through Christ Jesus. Because when I'm rejoicing, I'm not weary. You ever hear a good joke and it just like you laugh and... And it just like bursts the bubble of whatever you're going through. And, you know, you forget about your crazy taxes and you forget about this or you forget about your car breaking down or you forget about, you know, your job breaking down or something else breaking down or what someone else said is going to happen tomorrow that's going to break down. There's a guy yelling at me the other night. 
uh, as I came back into where I live, and he's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and what'd you do? Nothing. I think I know why he's mad at me, but you know what? The peace of God is greater than someone yelling at you. Someone's always going to be yelling at you. Someone's going to be trolling you on the internet. But guess what? We can be focused on rejoicing because I'm not going to be weary. I'm unquitting by rejoicing. And you know, when you begin to rejoice and let God take over and you get hooked up, that's where I need to be. I need to be hooked up because that's my power source for my joy. I use my cell phone to record the service, so we put it on a podcast. Well, I have a, 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 a cigarette adapter for my car. I don't have any cigarettes, but I have a cigarette adapter. So it goes into the cigarette lighter, but I don't have a plug for the wall. And it's no good if I'm not sitting in my car. So I brought the adapter so I could plug it into the wall so my phone could get power. You see, we need that adapter where wherever we are, we take that adapter for our work. Don't leave your adapter at home and suffer at work and let your power go down. You can praise God at work. Brethren, I go for walks in the morning, sometimes runs, sometimes walks. And I'll lift up my hands and I don't care who's watching because I am getting filled up. I want to have Jesus in my morning, Jesus in my breakfast, Jesus in my lunch, Jesus on my work break. And I'll take Jesus in church too because I'm unquitting. See, unquitting's, quitting's an option, but you know what? So is unquitting. If I can choose to quit, I can choose to unquit. See, God gives me that option. We redouble by well-doing. We rejoice by lifting our needs up to God. And you know, when you're really rejoicing, you're really casting all your cares upon him. And putting everything in God's hand. Not just my cares, but you know what? Don't just put your cares in God's hand. Put yourself in God's hands. Not just your cares and your troubles, but God, take all of me. Take my family. Take their concerns. Take their medical problems. Take my bills. Take everything, God, and take me too. The last thing in unquitting, we unquit by refocusing. Notice what he said. He said, in due season, we shall reap. Now, I'm not a farmer, but my grandpa was. And he, he was a dairy farmer, and he also planted crops. Well, we don't live in a world that uh, farmers would really understand today. We live in an instant world, right? Instant grits. I don't even know if Southerners eat those, but they're instant, right? We want, we want fast food, not just fast cars, fast food. They didn't have this back in the day. We want 5G, 4G, not good enough. 3G, man, not that close. Instant, I wanna press something on my phone and I want it instant. Well, you know that sometimes God doesn't give it to us right away. So we need to refocus and say, wait a second. It says in due season, we shall reap. You know that sometimes we go through a season. You know what seasons are? They're different temperatures. They're different climates. Unless you live kind of like I lived in Africa, there were two. Rainy season, dry season. That's the only season. There was no fall, winter, summer. It was rainy season, dry season. But in seasons, what is a season? Ecclesiastes says that a season to everything, there's a season. In the world, there's a season. There's a period of time. But notice what he says spiritually, and a time 
to every purpose under the heaven. You know, if God's got you going through something, let me, let me, let me just encourage you today. There's a purpose in it. And you say, well, the enemy's got a shot. I know, but we've got a shot too. And God's got a shot too. And if I'm going through something, there's a time for a purpose under heaven. I don't know what God is sending me through this for. I don't know what God is sending you through something for. But I do know something. If I can just hold on and keep redoubling and keep rejoicing, I can be refocused. And you know something's coming at the end? We're going to reap. We're going to reap a blessing. Say, preacher, but Job faced so much. But keep reading. What happened at the end of Job? Did he have as much as he had to start with? No, he didn't. Twice as much. That if you read at the book of Revelation at the end, we'll see that there's streets of gold, there's mansions in heaven, and there's a number which no man can number rejoicing around the throne. You see, we need to refocus. There is a reward at the end. The end of the job has a payday. I heard an illustration as I'd like to end. Uh, I was in the Marines, and I wasn't in this part of the Marine Corps, but it was called Force Recon. It was the top echelon of the United States Marine Corps at the time. And it was a very physically demanding tryout, so they would take men, and they would just run them ragged. And there were these two men that had made it to near the end of the selection for Force Recon. And they had to go up this hill. And these guys were just worn out. You know, you have nothing left in your tank, right? So they went up this hill and, they, and they, they ran up it and they came down. And the instructor looked at them and said, get back up that hill. I mean, these guys had nothing left. I mean, they had nothing left. It was an arduous training. And so one of the guys said, I quit. And he just quit because you could do that. He just quit. And the other guy looked at that hill and he didn't have anything left. He didn't know how he was going to do it. But he just kind of, you know, just started putting one foot in front of the other. And he hadn't gone but a few feet that one of the instructors grabbed him and said, you passed. Because you see, he was so, the other man was so close, just a few feet away. But that other man, although he entertained thoughts of quitting and it was hard, he said, I'm just going to put one more foot. I'm going to put one more step. I'm going to go a little farther. And he didn't know how close he was to reaping his reward. But with heads bowed and eyes closed, unquitting is an option. I know that times are crazy and things get weary. And my wife was telling and saying, something's bigger going on. Yeah, something's always going on. But you know what? I'm an unquitter. Yes, I've faced stuff. And yes, you face stuff. And yes, there have been battles. And let, yes, there have been tough times. Guess what? There'll be more. But I got a choice. Unquitting is an option. And I unquit. Because I'm going to redouble. I believe if I pray and read my Bible and do what I know to do, I'm going to make it to heaven. I believe that I can rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Because God be for us. If God be for us. Who can be against us? And I believe that I refocus on the word of God. There's a promise there. It said, in due season, we shall reap. It's not just the promise to the physical farmer. It's to the spiritual farmer. And I'm a farmer. And I am tilling the ground, ready for God to send the rain and make that seed pop up through the ground so that I can see fruit of my labor so that you can see fruit of your 
dedication to God. It's coming. Unquitting is an option. It's an option you should take. And it'll be a blessing. And we're going to reap if we faint not. Let's find a place to pray. Have your way, God, in this service.